pissed me off that she did this. I was like, you can't even fucking run. It did. It did. It really pissed me off. She even break it. Was it? Was she holding it or was it on her back? It was on her back. If you fall, fall forward. Like any good running back. <laughs> fall forward. walking lock today and there's like a little made headstone by a pond in my apartment complex and i definitely have not seen that before and i definitely heard a gunshot really close to our, my apartment like a week ago so what the fuck yeah i think i'm not gonna renew my lease a headstone like what does it say doesn't say anything on it was like a little it's like the one that we like made for the dog years ago. Just like someone made like a little cross and there's like flowers and shit on it. Maybe a duck died. Do you have ducks at your pond? We used to have geese, but you know, it's winter. Nobody cares about geese. Welcome back, everyone. What a lovely intro. Yeah, well. This is Lauren Gets Lost, a Lost Rewatch podcast. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. Do you remember how last week I was like, this is the best episode of season one, in my opinion? Yeah. Ooh, I might have been wrong. You're always wrong. Honestly, like, it's like neck and neck between last week and this week. This episode was really good. It was sad. Okay, just because it's sad doesn't mean it's not good. No, but I, I didn't, it didn't stand out to me as like, one of the best. Really? Really. What would you say is the best episode so far? I have no idea. You said in translation was like your favorite episode so far at that point. That's a sad episode. <laughs> Not saying that a sad episode can't be a good episode. I'm just saying this episode was sad and it did not stand out to me as one of the best episodes. Like it was good. It just, I didn't have that feeling while watching it. Like, wow, this is such a good episode. Your inability to say a good episode to me like what your favorite episode so far is kind of invalidates your opinion. It absolutely does not. Cause I don't like, I can't think back and remember. I just know that when I watched this yesterday, I did not think, Oh, this is the best episode. Whereas when I've watched other episodes, I've sat there and been like, damn, this is a good episode. And I have said that in those episodes in the podcast. So shut your mouth. Well, why don't you go ahead and recap this apparently not amazing episode. Just because I said it's not the best episode doesn't mean I don't like it. You're getting really butthurt. And as far as my recap, I got a new laptop and I took my notes on this new laptop and apparently they did not save. So I sent you my notes, but I always cut out my synopsis. So the synopsis has been erased from existence. So I'm just going to make it up right now. We're going back to like episodes one through three when I never had a prepared synopsis. Episode one didn't even have a synopsis, nor a hottie of the week. We did not know what we were doing. Anyway, okay. I'll try to remember what I wrote. As Jack tries to save Boone's life, we get a glimpse into his past and learn that he was married. Meanwhile, Claire goes into labor, but without a doctor to assist her. Honestly, I think that's word for word what I wrote down. Well, I've got some quick bits. Uh, We have a repeat director. It's Stephen Williams. The last episode he directed was 
all the best daddies. Nope. All, all the best, best cowboys have daddy <laughs> issues. Yes. That is not the first time I have made that mistake. <laughs> I have said all, all the, best, the daddies best daddies several times in my uh, lost career. Quick bit number two. A big portion of this episode is about how Boone needs blood. Ian Summerholder went on to play Damon Salvatore. Is that how they yes. say it? In Vampire Diaries on the CW from 2009 to 2017. Excellent show. <laughs> Love Damon. I've, I was seeing some clips of it the other day, and he is so different than Boone. <laughs> Very different. Like, yeah. That guy actually might have won a couple Hottie of the Weeks. Every week. He won every week. Sad Hottie? Uh, he never really gave sadness. Brooding Hottie. He definitely seems sure. like a douche, that's for sure. Absolutely. But you know I like him rough around the edges. <laughs> Quick bit number three. In the pre-wedding flashbacks, Jack does not have his shoulder tattoo. In the Blu-ray presentation, it can be clearly seen that Matthew Fox's tattoos were just painted over. Interesting. Did not notice that. Number four. During the flashback, Sarah is seen wearing a t-shirt with the number 44 on the front and back. By the end of the episode, only 44 of the original survivors remain. Mm. And lastly, the title is a portion of the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take, in case you didn't know. I, I did know, yeah. Pretty sure yeah. I've, I've said it a time or two. Maybe I was talking podcast. to you. you know, the listeners, all three of them. I'm sure the listeners know too. They're very smart people. Speaking of listeners, our cousin Travis has been uh, watching the show and listening to us. And he and one of his co-workers think that we need to learn more about heroin. Hey, Travis, how do you suggest that we do that? <laughs> I responded that I think we know an appropriate amount of heroin. I sometimes don't even know how to spell heroin. I often spell it wrong. I would say I know little to nothing about heroin. So Travis is probably right. Well, let's get into it. The episode opens up with Jack's son, Kate, and Hurley all in the caves moving Boone as everyone is trying to piece together what happened. Everyone's freaking out. Boone's breathing is really rough, and Jack is just barking orders. He tells son he needs a pair of scissors, and when she hesitates, he yells at her. He kicks Kate out of her position of keeping pressure in favor of son, and then he tells Hurley to make a sterile environment, and when Hurley hesitates... He basically threatens Hurley that if he faints, but Hurley snaps out of it as well. Jack turns to Kate and tells her that she needs to go to the beach and take all of Sawyer's alcohol. And in that moment, Boone's lung collapses. Jack takes a needle, disinfects it, and stabs a hole into Boone's chest to reinflate the lung. And Kate just stares at all of this. And when Jack turns around and sees her still standing there... He screams at her to get to the beach to get the alcohol. What were your initial thoughts on Jack's performance in the OR and how he treated everyone? You know, for a doctor, a surgeon, nonetheless, he's not very good under pressure. But at the same time, and I was even going to write it in my notes. And then I thought, this is a completely different situation. He's expected to save this guy's life without anything to save his life. So I was like, you know, that's fair enough. You know, honestly, he's fine under pressure. It's more of the yeah. fact that, like... I just mean, like, the snapping at people, but these people are kind of in shock. They need to be, like... Yeah. Snapped out of it. Like, they kind of need to be yelled at. 
I would be such a bitch in this situation. I snap at people when I'm not trying to save lives in the jungle. So I can't talk shit. Yeah. Because, like, really his first request of anyone isn't, like, rather – it's not, like, aggressive or anything. It's just, like, matter of fact, like, I need scissors. Give me the fucking scissors! (laughs) Just because, like, they just stand there. We get our first flashback of the episode. Jack is assisting his friend Mark Silverman with a bow tie for his tux. Uh, Two little tidbits about this. One, it's the same guy that was getting his ass kicked in White Rabbit. And two, small guest star alert. Have you seen uh, Christmas Story? You know that kid that Ralph beats the shit out of? The bully? Yeah. It's him. Oh. Fun. Jack asks Silverman if he's nervous, saying he knows that he doesn't like to be in front of big crowds. Uh, But Silverman says that eight beers will help it be easier for him. But Jack says that she will bust him. Then he tells him that he can back out of it if he wants to. And Silverman says, it's just a speech. A tailor appears and says, it's the groom's turn. Jack is the one getting married. Whoa. First thing I need to say is that was exactly how I was when we gave a speech at our mother's wedding. Um, I did, in fact, have five drinks before we started. They were not strong enough. But I got through the speech. And I have to give another speech next year. I'm the maid of honor at Delaney's wedding, and I'm already preparing to get massively drunk for that. If you need help writing the speech, let me know, because I remember when we wrote our mother's speech and I came up with most of the jokes, but you got to deliver the funny ones. Ever? I wrote most of that speech. Bullshit. (laughs) Are you kidding? What did you come up with? I don't remember the speech, but I remember coming up with most of the ideas and being upset that you got to say the funny ones. That is bullshit. I came up with like almost that whole speech. You're full of shit, Lauren. I have it on my phone. Do you want to go through it right now? No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Lauren, this is a lost podcast, not our mother's wedding podcast. Most people don't care about our, our personal stories. I'm calling you after. So what was your initial reaction to the reveal that Jack's getting married? I was like, what the fuck? On the like, we have had absolutely no indication that he is married. So like I'm assuming he's not anymore. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that would crash land on an island and just forget about his wife and start flirting with Kate. So I'm assuming she's dead or they're divorced. Fair assumption. And I also don't know like how long ago did this happen i don't even i don't even know how old jack is but he doesn't look like i'm just wondering how long ago was this and what happened and also i've been watching modern family with andrew so that was fun because that's uh that's claire we'll get there we just got there right now no we not even in this scene (laughs) okay but shut up it is frustrating with the timeline because like we talked about in solitary them being the same actors and just like changing their appearance. It's not really clear. Like when this is supposed to be like, even last week when they just slapped a wig on Terry O'Quinn, you were like, oh, he looks like he's 40. Like, I don't know. Cause he looks like he currently looks, which is old, but with hair. Correct. And loss has never been good at wigs and it's just going to get worse. 
So Jack finds that Boone's leg is fractured, but he says that he can set it. Sun asks if he can sew his wound shut and kind of in this her like panic state, she seems to struggle with her English a little bit. I think that's just like a quick way of showing that she's like kind of panicking. The other thing that I thought about in this situation is like her English is really good for someone who just learned with like a private tutor. Like her English is at a level where you would think that she was actually living in an English speaking place and like conversing with a lot of people. So if she's in like a, a medical situation, she wouldn't necessarily have those words. Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, her English is like so much better than it should be. Bit of a plot hole in that sense, but also she was preparing to like run away and disappear. So she would need to be pretty fluent in English. We also don't really know what the timeline was on when she started to learn and like how long she was practicing. Because again, there's no indication of the passage of time in these flashbacks. But yeah, she did. Her English is really good for what we assume is a short amount of time. And she basically just knows like every situation she would need to know. Yeah, I mean, I I have uh, some things to say about Sun. Oh, I've got thoughts too. But I guess I'll save it. Jack says that he's unsure of the amount of blood that Boone lost, and he's not sure how far Locke carried him. But then Jack kind of wakes Boone up and tells him he will not die. He will fix this. He will save him. I was like, I feel like he shouldn't be making promises right now. You know, you know, we know how that ends up, but it's almost like he's making a promise more to himself, which I feel like this is really going to haunt him. I don't want to jump ahead, but like, I get what he was doing. He's like reassuring him and almost just kind of like trying to manifest it. Like it's going to be okay. But I was like, that's a, That's a big promise to make. I'm pretty sure as a doctor, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, well, I've always thought Jack's bedside manner leaves something to be desired. He's also... Most doctors do. Yeah. He's also a very logical person. So to see him just, like, have complete faith that it's going to be okay is always a little jarring. Yeah, but we saw this with Charlie, too. He just would not give up. Yeah. on saving charlie but that worked out so you know as we'll discuss in this episode the man cannot let go correct claire walks up to michael walt and sawyer as they're cooking some fish and gin works on the raft if you look closely uh gin's handcuff is just not on him yeah i did not notice bad job by the continuity department there yeah but you got to think at some point I believe that Saeed would have been able to, like, pick the lock and get that off of him. Well, I mean, it's later on him when we get a close-up of him working on the wrap, so it's just like they forgot to put it on him when they were filming. Oh, well, that's dumb. (laughs) Sawyer offers Claire some fish, and she declines and asks how long until they launch the raft. Michael says, like, a week, maybe less. So, you know, we're gearing up as the season is coming to an end. And... Jin continues to work in the background. Claire eventually wanders off, and Sawyer says he thinks Claire likes him. Michael offers Jin fish, and he declines to keep working. And Sawyer says that he has an overzealous work ethic. 
And Michael says he is obsessed with getting off the island. Which, Michael, you're one to talk. You've built two boats in like two weeks. Sora says that he can't blame him, given Sun's secret. Then Kate shows up and tells Sawyer that she needs all of the alcohol now. No hesitation, Sawyer takes her to the stash and basically gives her everything and asks how Boone was hurt. Kate explains the story that Locke gave them about falling off a cliff while hunting, and Sawyer is immediately suspicious by pointing out that they never get bored anymore. Sawyer apologizes for not having more and then offers to go with, but Kate declines and thanks him before running off. What are your thoughts on Sawyer's character development? He offered Claire Fish, sympathized with Jin, gave up supplies to Jack to help save Boone, going against the conversation that they had in the third episode about not wasting resources on people who are going to die, and even offered to help Boone if he could. Huge step compared to the first couple episodes. Yeah, I loved it. Like, I think he's definitely embraced being part of the group more like not as much of an outcast ever since he's been like helping with the raft and all of this stuff i mean maybe being bullied by a boar really did something for him i don't know i liked it um and and he was hot i also am wondering if maybe because his headaches like aren't an issue really anymore with his reading glasses he's just kind of like in a better mood it's true he's like not as irritable now Jack stitches up Boone's chest as Hurley creates like a curtain around them. A somehow sterile environment is what Jack asked for. And Sun is acting as the nurse. Boone is muttering that he's sorry and he's breathing weakly. And Jack says that Boone needs blood. And before Sun can finish asking how they will accomplish this, Jack says that he doesn't know, but they're going to figure it out. But he needs to set the leg. Sun tells Jack to get some air as she takes over, and then Charlie just immediately pesters Jack with questions. He asks how Boone is doing, where did Locke go, what happened, where Shannon is, and with each question, Jack just grows more and more annoyed until he just snaps at Charlie, which, same. Yeah, Charlie was definitely annoying in this scene, but it was also just kind of needed to, like, it's just pointing out all of the different factors going on just kind of reminding everyone like Locke ran off uh Shannon doesn't even know that this is happening and just emphasizing the stress of this situation definitely works as like a like a story uh perspective and honestly I don't expect him to like have the tact this situation needs because this is different for everyone or new for everyone however you know maybe read the room Jack like clearly just needed a second to breathe before you come after him like that but I understand where he's coming from, and I'm not going to, like, give him douche of the week over it. I already have my douche of the week. Oh, I didn't even pick one. Is it Jack? I just picked it. No, it's okay. Locke. He's not Duh. even in this episode. Exactly. Douche of the week. I just said it right now. Well, just for, like, a continuity's sake, while pretty much all of this is happening, Jack's, or Locke is at the hatch. When the night sequence in this episode happens, that's when the light turns on. So it's like at the same time. And that is important for later. In the next flashback, Silverman introduces Sarah as the future Mrs. Jack Shepard. She cracks a joke about how the microphone smells like alcohol and then tells the story of how she met Jack. 
Her car blew a tire and she was hit head on by an SUV. Her back was broken, but Jack not only saved her life, but fixed what was supposed to be an irreparable injury. Sarah calls him the most committed man that she has ever known and finishes her toast by calling him her hero. Uh, guest star alert, it's Julie fucking Bowen. I love her. Can I say, I don't know if you're asking for my thoughts on this scene, but I'm going to give them. Oh, that's that was the question. For. Yeah. Wow, I'm a mind reader. That's a lot of pressure on a person in a relationship. I just feel like this marriage, even if I didn't know that, like, I'm pretty positive that he's now single, doomed for failure because she basically has him on this pedestal and is like, oh, you're so amazing. You saved my life. Like, that's just, that's a lot to live up to for the rest of your marriage. And I feel like that's why Jack struggles so much in all the flashbacks. It's like, he has to spend the rest of his life being like this superhero that she thinks that he is. Were you shocked at all seeing Julie Bowen? I mean, it was just kind of cool because I've been watching Modern Family. I was just like, oh, she looks younger here. <laughs> that was one of the hottest women in the show, in my opinion. Really? That woman is gorgeous. She's very pretty, but I wouldn't say hot. But you know what it is? She has like a very, very athletic figure. Not my thing. <laughs> Sun walks into the OR and tells Jack to give Boone a stick for the pain. Jack says that they're past herbal remedies at this point, And Sun says that she knows and places the stick in Boone's mouth. She holds his shoulders down and Jack sets the leg. And as Boone screams in pain, Hurley plugs his ears. I just want to say this right now before you get the chance to beat me to it. Son is MVP of this episode. Absolutely. What sealed it was what happened later, but she just steps up and just kills it in every aspect of the word. That's why I wanted to say it before you could say it, because (laughs) I know that she goes on to do even more things later. But honestly, I loved her so much in this episode. Like she's really become like pivotal. I mean, she was already pivotal because of her garden, which I'm sure is like helping out a lot, too. But I was just so impressed with her because you wouldn't expect that from someone who just like comes from money and probably hasn't had to work. Like she's just a very well-rounded, very resourceful character. Honestly, with everything that we like know about her and like what she's done on the island, you would think that she has some sort of like medical background. She just like knows fucking plants to use as medicine. And like she was very capable in this situation. It doesn't really add up. Sun is like one of the only characters, and I, I could be wrong with this, but where I feel like we get more depth from her on island than from her flashbacks. Yes, except Shannon. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't seen a whole lot of depth from Shannon yet, but I'm assuming we're going to get some question mark. I feel like she's I mean, not like not like a whole lot in comparison to others, but I mean, she's no son. No, absolutely not. But I I do feel like everyone every now and then shows like a great deal of depth on island compared to their flashback. But Sun is consistent, like always you're learning about her basically the entire run of the uh, show so far. 
Kate is running through the jungle and trips and falls. And when she opens the bag, most of the booze have been broken. I'm going to channel my inner our Kate here. Was it an honest mistake? Yes. Was she in a hurry to get back and help? Yes. Stressful situation? Yes. Pissed me off that she did this. I was like, you can't even fucking run. (laughs) It did. It did. It really pissed me off. Even break it. Was it, was she holding it or was it on her back? It was on her back. If you fall, fall forward, like any good running back, (laughs) fall forward. Also, I understand that like what is about to happen, distract her, but looking at it, it's like maybe one or two of those, but there were definitely a couple bottles in there that were not broken. And she was just like, ah, damn. And then just kind of like moseys about i'd be like you got three or four that are still in good shape zip it up and get your ass to the caves i wonder if she goes on to use that to sanitize her own hands when she fucking delivers a baby later she hands the bag to Jin later on so i don't think she had it Hmm. but yes the bottles are broken but she's got bigger problems though she finds claire and she's about to have the baby whoa when it rains it pours (laughs) Yeah, for real. Kate tells Claire that they need to get back to camp. And Claire is in denial telling Kate to leave her alone and eventually saying she can't move. Kate calls for help and Jin hears from the raft and runs into the jungle. He finds them and Kate tells him to go get Jack. Claire asks Kate not to leave her and Kate turns to Jin and tells him to go get Jack again. And Jin takes off. He also has learned some English, apparently. Yeah, while it worked out fine, the smile that Kate has when Jin like shows up, she's like, oh, thank God, help. I, in my mind, I'd be like, this may be the worst person that could possibly show up in this situation because like, I need to deliver a message. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like it's easy enough. And, and he did it. Yeah, I mean, it's easy enough if he understands what you say. I don't know if you read my notes, but right here, right now, I made a prediction. And this was my prediction. I even paused the show to write this down. I said that Jin was going to have to talk to Sun in order to have her translate. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time that they've talked since this whole thing. Yes. That's That's a big deal to me. I have a, I'm pretty invested in their relationship. I'm not going to lie. So I, I wrote that because I was like, mm, that's progress. Jack tells Sun to ask Boone again what his blood type is, but he's just so in shock that he cannot answer. Jack is struggling to make a needle with bamboo. He says veins are like wet noodles and he needs something sharp enough and hollow enough to pierce one. He realizes that he snapped at her when explaining this and like calms down saying none of it matters because they don't know Boone's blood type. But then Boone suddenly comes to enough to say that his blood type is a negative and then calls for Shannon. Jack orders son to get to Charlie and ask everyone for their blood type and find some a negative and also find Shannon. Which blood type? I was reading your notes and you said they should ask Shannon what his blood type is. And I was like, Lauren doesn't know my I fucking kn- blood type. Yeah, I do. What your blood it? type is a-, a positive. Then why did you just ask me? <laughs> just making conversation. My blood type is also A positive. Thank you for asking. Do you ever donate blood? 
I have tried multiple times and I run hot. So they always think I have a fever. Oh yeah, that's true. I have a blood bank by my house and I haven't donated it in a while, but in honor of this episode, I promise I will donate blood within the next seven days. And I encourage everybody to donate blood if you can. You'll donate blood within the next seven days and we'll hold you to that in three months. Just ask me next week if I donated blood, dumbass. I know, but you're like right now saying like everyone go donate blood, but like it's not going to come out till like mid-January. Great. In mid-January, everybody go donate blood. I feel like it's not that difficult. (laughs) If you do donate blood, tag us. I want to know if I can start a movement. Blood for Boone. Hashtag blood for Boone. I love it. I'm going to do it. I'll take a picture and then we'll post this when it comes out. Hashtag blood for Boone. So Jack asks for them to find Shannon. Where is Shannon? On a romantic getaway. Shannon and Saeed are walking through the jungle. Saeed has set up a romantic beach picnic for the two of them. Which, like, he's already hot enough already, but he is caring and great at dates. Ugh. For a 20-year-old? <laughs> I'm just, over it. Honestly... The age thing is still getting to me, and it's hard to find this cute when her brother is dying. She doesn't know that. I know, but I know that, and I feel horrible about how she's going to feel horrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, this episode was so intense, I didn't even like think about Hottie of the Week. I have a Hottie of the Week. Good, good. But <laughs> we'll, one we'll, of two things be... I ask you to do. <laughs> Shut your mouth. There will be a discussion about it. In the heaviness of this episode. Charlie tells Jack that he found an A blood type, but they aren't sure if they're positive or negative. Jack asks if there was any O neg, and Charlie says that that's not what he was asking for. Charlie says he asked the entire beach, but no one knows their blood type. And then Sun comes back. She didn't find Shannon or any blood type that is needed, but she does have a sea urchin. A hollow needle sharp enough to pierce a noodle. Jack says it's perfect. And at this point, I'm like, sun's coming up clutch. She's the MVP. Yeah, absolutely. Jack reveals that he has O negative blood, which will do, although it's not great. He says O negative is a universal donor, which is a, in the ballpark, but not a match. The blood could put him into anaphylactic shock. Charlie realizes that this could kill Boone. And Jack says he will not die thought he was going to be like, but if I don't do it, he will die. Yeah, I mean, like... It could kill him, but, like... Catch-22. Yeah, exactly. Charlie did slightly annoy me here, where he was like, well, why did you have us asking everyone? One, obviously it's better to have A negative to A negative. Two... Jack is like the last resort. You don't want your fucking doctor pouring his own blood into you. You kind of need him for shit. Yeah, Charlie's an idiot. Like, why would you want the doctor to be a like you need him to be mobile and conscious? Which is fucking stupid. The other thing that comes to mind is of fucking course, Jack is a universal donor. Yeah, that's very Jack of him. Like this, like obviously he was born into it literally, but this man was made to be a doctor. Yeah. We get a flashback and Jack is playing piano in the hotel lobby 
As Sarah tells him, some girls are watching him. Jack asks if the girls are cute. We learn one is cute, but the other is trashy. Sarah sits down, and they play heart and soul together, and Sarah takes the easy part. Did it surprise you that Jack is, like, good at playing the piano? Not even a little bit. Rich people shit. Didn't you learn how to play the piano when we were kids? I took lessons that I'm not able to play. Is that rich people shit, learning how to play the piano? Not just rich people shit. It's like parents who want their child to be the most successful ever shit. Well, Christian literally tells him you don't have what it takes. I'm not getting into this again. (laughs) Do you think Jack sat down at the piano for the first time, played a note, and Christian's like, don't even bother? No, I don't think that. Sarah says that he does not have to write his own vowels if he doesn't want to. She says it was just a silly idea. But Jack says he just needs to figure it out. It's just vowels. I couldn't fucking do it if you, if you paid me. I like the idea of writing my own vows. And I do like when people do it. Could I do it? No. I don't like to talk about feelings, especially in front of other people. And Andrew and I just don't have that relationship. Like, no, there's just no way. Not to get too far ahead, but apparently it's easy to write your own vows when you start off with, I didn't write them. <laughs> yeah. Honestly... We'll get there. I have thoughts on that. Jack whips his head over when he hears a car door, and Sarah tells him he's going to come. Sarah tells him to stay down in the hotel lobby as long as he needs, and she will be upstairs. Kind of, like, seductively a little bit. And she kisses him. I did not get that. You didn't get that? She's kind of like, I'll be upstairs when you're ready. It's the night before their wedding. They might get it on. They aren't even supposed to see each other if you're traditional. But I, whatever. Continue. She kisses him and she says that she cannot wait to marry him. And as she walks away, Jack's smile slowly fades. What do you think of their chemistry? No, not feeling it. Really? I think she's really into him and he's really in his own head. I think they're oh, they're good together. And I don't. in this scene specifically. I don't. I think that... She is, like, really into him, but I think she's probably just in love with him because he saved her. And I think that he is, like, I should be in love with her. He's, like, the idea of it. He's, like, it makes sense. It's logical. I should be with her. But I don't think that he's, like, 100% in it. I don't get why you think Jack would think that. I don't I don't know a lot of doctors that are, like, I should be in love with this person that I say. No, I mean, like, it's not the fact that he saved her on his end. For him, it's like, you know, she's a great woman. She loves me so much. Like, there's no reason I shouldn't love her. And I do think he loves her in his own way. I just don't see any passion there. They look like they'd have boring sex. (laughs) Honestly, you probably could say that about Jack with anyone. Yeah, I absolutely can. Is that the reason you think Jack is struggling to write his vowels? There's just no passion there? I think that, like, it's a lot of things. Like, I think a part of him, like this tiny little part of him, just doubts it. Like, doesn't think that this is the right thing. But he probably doesn't know why he feels that. Jin arrives at the caves and finds Jack is giving blood to Boone. You have a note in your notes about how you doubt their ability to do a blood transfusion. I was proven wrong. 
I was wondering if that was more of like a, this is unrealistic aspect. No, I said that I wrote that when, when Jack said he needs blood, blood transfusion. The very first time they brought it up, I was like, how the fuck are they going to do that? And then they did it. Do I think that that's like realistic? I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor. I mean, it's, it's, Uh, it's two needles in a tube. Yeah. I could do it easily. I'll hook you up in my garage. Take some blood. Is it like clean and safe? Probably not. But it doesn't see. I'm wondering if it's like when you steal gas where you like kind of like suck on it a little bit to like get it going and then you stick it in. No, you dumb ass. Your blood, like blood pressure. Jack's body is pumping the blood. So his body is pumping the blood into Damon. Oh, so they get it. I said Damon (laughs) into Boone. So they get it going through the tube and then they stab it into Boone. Haven't. Oh, you've never done any blood. We already talked about this. Yeah. It's like, you just like, it just is going to flow out of Jack the way it flows through his veins. And then it flows into Boone. So, do you stick the needle into Boone first and then connect the tube? Because if you get the blood flowing and then you try to find the if the vein, if you miss, like you could just be spilling blood into him. I am not a phlebotomist. I don't know. Is that the I word? Am... Well, a phleb... That's not, like, I'm that... sure it's a re- real word, if... but it sounds made up. <laughs> It's not made up, but I might be saying it wrong. But a phlebotomist is like the person who does your blood draw at the doctor when you go get your labs done. But is that a person who does blood transfusions? I don't know. Ask Devin. I wish Kate was on this episode. She told me a funny story about giving blood just yesterday where she gave blood and they tried to take two bags worth. She also had a fever and was in Honduras two weeks prior or two months prior to giving blood, which are two no-nos, but they must like really need blood because they stole an extra bag. And she uh, got really lightheaded and her body was like really flush. And she was basically just like, I should not be giving blood right now. And she asked the nurse to take the needle out. And the nurse was like, you're fine. Like telling her, don't worry. And she basically starts yelling at the nurse to take the needle out. Another nurse comes in and basically starts yelling at the first nurse saying, you can't take her blood if she's saying no. Like, you can't force her to give blood. And then these two nurses are getting into, like, a sparring match. Meanwhile, Kate is like, can someone take the fucking needle out of my arm? (laughs) And then they wouldn't give her the little sticker saying she donated. I'm still hung up on the fact that they tried to take two pints of blood. No. Okay. Don't go to that blood bank. <laughs> Why did she go in the first place? I think it was she... like a high school thing. Oh, okay. But still, if she was in Honduras. I don't, I don't know. It was a Central America country. I'm not 100% sure it was Honduras. Okay. That doesn't matter. I'm just saying, I mean, I guess it's going to listen guess... to the story and be like, that's not right. You know what? I've had some some sketchy nurses too. One time I was donating blood in high school. And I guess the rule in for like minors, because I was a minor at the time, is that if they like try to get your vein and they miss, that they cannot take the needle out and then re-stick you. But they can move the fucking needle in your arm. 
which let me tell you is very painful. So this nurse did that to me. And then because she had like jacked my vein up so much, I didn't fill the bag. Like it plotted, you know? So then she's the time limit was up. I didn't fill the bag. She pulled the needle out and a string of blood clot came out of my arm and the nurse goes what is that and another nurse was like it's blood clot but I'm panicking because the nurse is panicking and I'm 17 so anyway I bruised really bad and they had to call like two days later to check up on me because they jacked my arm up I will say I have given blood once I they give you credit in our high school for attempting to give blood, even if they turn you away. So I was like one short of the little cord that they give you. So I was like, fuck it. I'll sign up one more time. I knew that they were going to turn me away. And like, I'm afraid of needles. So the entire day, I'm just like, they'll fucking turn me away. Whatever. I get out of class for 15 minutes and they like, tell me my temperature. And they're like, you're good to go. And I was like, Oh fuck. How am I going to do this? I did pass out one time after I donated blood. That was funny. But I still do it. Uh, I need to go. Hashtag blood for Boone. I'll go this week. You know what? I will try to find some time to do it as well. Even though needles like terrifying. I'll get Kate to do it too. Hashtag blood for Boone. Hashtag blood for Boone. So Jin hesitates not only because of Boone's condition, but because this is also the first time he and Sun have been together since he moved out, basically. Jin tells them that Claire is in the jungle having the baby. Sun translates but Jin cannot look her in the eye. Is this anger or shame, do you think? I'd say anger. I didn't even notice it, to be honest. I thought he was just kind of like, ugh, all worked up in the moment. Jack tells Jin to take Charlie to Kate and Claire and gives Charlie instructions for Kate on how to deliver the baby. Charlie asks at what point Jack will arrive. And Jack says he's not going anywhere. Kate has to deliver this baby. Remember earlier when I was like, I'm not mad at Charlie. I take it back. He's just he's just asking stupid questions the entire episode. The man is pouring blood into Boone, who is in the process of dying. Like at this point, you just got to realize Jack's not delivering this fucking baby. Yeah, Charlie's dumb. Were you let down at all? Because the entire season, anytime we were talking about like Jack's like importance to the group, you would reference Claire And, like, the fact that Jack needs to deliver the baby. And every time I'm just like, ooh. (laughs) I just think it's funny. I wasn't let down. I just think, like, I based so many arguments on the fact that Jack needed, like, Claire needs to live at the caves with Jack so he can deliver her baby. And, like, uh, and then it doesn't even. Yeah. (laughs) I will say I think it's funny that I'm kind of jumping ahead. I think it's funny that we're giving Sun MVP when Kate literally delivers a baby. She loses points for spilling the booze. I still think Sun is MVP. Yeah. Sun never makes a mistake. Yes, Kate delivers the baby, but, you know, she... Okay, well, Sun did hesitate with the scissors. But Kate was, like, very hesitant in the beginning, and Jack, like, had to yell at her. And then, obviously, breaking some booze and, like, never really getting them there. Also, I'm I'm not saying... Delivering babies is hard. I'm sure it's like really fucking hard in real life. But in the show, all she did was like just say push and like catch the baby when it came out. (laughs) Yeah, but it's more than that. Like she had to calm Claire down and she had to coach her through it. And she was supposed to clear the nose and mouth. And I don't think she did that. I'm not going to lie. I did not see her do that. 
Blair says that her contractions stopped and that she's okay. But immediately her water breaks. Kate tries to calm her down, but she keeps saying she cannot have this baby. Jack checks on Boone and his breathing is very faint, but he's awake. Boone says that his leg hurts and he reveals that the beach craft crushed his leg. Jack says Locke said he fell from a cliff, but Boone says no. Then he says Locke told him not to tell anyone about the hatch. Jack asks what Locke did and what the hatch is, but Boone goes back into his state of just asking for Shannon. Were you like, oh shit, when he like told Jack about the hatch, basically? Uh, not really. I do remember like my initial reaction being like, okay, maybe like something will happen with the hatch now. because It's just a lot of like staring at it. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon and Saeed are making out, but she pulls away to tell Saeed that Boone and her are step siblings. And while they grew up together, Boone is in love with her. Obligatory reference to the fact that Shannon was eight when their parents got married. And Saeed asks if she has feeling towards him, and Shannon says she feels something for him, but not like that. She says that they're all stuck on this island together, and Saeed is kind of taking the hint and suggests that they go back, but Shannon says no. She says that she just needs to take it slow, and Saeed says that he has no expectations. She looks around the environment and jokingly is like, yeah, yeah sure, you don't have any expectations. And Saeed said he had hopes, but not expectations. Let's just look past the age difference, if you can manage to do that. Do we like their personalities together? I guess. They're not, like, blowing me away with, like, crazy chemistry or anything. I just think Saeed is amazing, and Shannon is lucky. What I like about these two, if you look past the age difference, is, like, they kind of help each other, like, break usual habits. Because, like, we've heard not great things about Shannon and, like, how she, like, uses and loses and, you know, we know that she's been married and that she has been with someone with a kid. She kind of seems like she's rushed into things and she's literally saying, here, I want to take it slow. And Saeed is finally uh, not pining after a girl that he hasn't seen for seven years. I guess. Also, it's probably just boring on that island. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... If I was on that island with Saeed, expectations would be met. (laughs) You're going to need a permit for that. (laughs) Claire is in more pain and Charlie shows up. He tells Kate that Jack isn't coming and it's up to her. Now she says she can't do this, but someone has to. Jen is doing a really good job of taking care of Claire. And Claire asks, what if the others did something to the baby? She says that she isn't ready. She says that she's scared. And Kate tells her that she's scared too, but they are in this together. In other words, live together, die alone. One, I will say that I really liked Jin in this moment. I think he's like a very calming presence. I wrote down in my notes, I think I would trust Jin to deliver my baby, even with the language barrier. He's just a very like comforting presence, it, it seemed like. Yeah, like even with Charlie later, when like Charlie like wants to get involved, he just kind of like puts his hand on his shoulder and is like, no. Jack checks on Boone again, and he is not doing good. And by he, I mean Jack. Sun realizes that the blood transfusion is not working. 
And Jack says that all his blood is pooling in his leg and something crushed his leg. Jack just looks like shit, really. And then Sun rips the needle out of his arm, saying, you've given him enough. Jack steps out and tells Hurley to go find Michael. We get a flashback, and it's a highlight of the episode for me because I fucking love John Terry. Jack is drinking at the pool, and Christian joins him. He says, hey, kiddo, which basically, get used to that. That's going to be how he greets Jack for like the rest of the series. Jack tells his father how Sarah wants to write their own vows. Christian reads the paper that Jack was reading and says, it's nice. And Jack says that he stole Sarah's vows. Then he says he cannot write his. Christian says Jack is a doctor, not a writer, and then calls Sarah beautiful and asks if Jack loves her. He says yes, and then Christian asks, why are you not with her right now? Jack asks, what if he can't be the husband or the father that he wants to be? What if I asked her because I saved her life? And then Jack asks if he should marry her. Christian says, commitment is what makes you tick. The problem is, you're just not good at letting go. I think Christian and I are on the same page. I don't know if Christian is saying the same thing that I was kind of saying. It's like, to me, this is what I think Jack's hangup is. It's like, yeah, he can commit. He can commit all day long. But even if there's like part of him that's saying that he should not be with her, he absolutely cannot walk away. Do you feel like this is Jack asking, what if I don't have what it takes? Yeah, I mean, you could say that. I'm saying it. Do you agree? (laughs) I'm saying you could. I'm not saying absolutely. Yes, it is. I'm saying if you wanted to interpret it that way, like, I'm not gonna tell you that you're wrong. Do you think what Christian told him all those years ago has a factor in this at all? Uh, Maybe. I think Jack just is a person who doubts himself. And I do think that that's linked to his upbringing. But I'm not going to get into it. Well, you might have to a little bit. What were your thoughts on this father-son scene and how Christian like handled the advice giving and all that? I think it was fine because in a in a moment like this, I don't care who's giving the advice. The question of like, should I marry this person should never be answered with yes or no. It should always be some vague bullshit because the person asking the question is going to find their own answer in whatever you say. And like, do I think, I don't know enough about Jack and Sarah at this point to know if they should have gotten married. So I don't know if he made the right decision, but if he had been like, yes, absolutely. Or no, you shouldn't. I would have been like, what are you doing? But I think just giving you like, this is who you are. And then Jack can just take from that what he wants. That's fine. In my experience, if you're asking the night before the wedding, should I marry this person? Is probably not a good sign. Like, that's obvious. But people get cold feet. It happens. Yeah. Just watch Love is Blind. You know what? I actually thought about Love is Blind at the ceremony scene. And I will talk about that. Have you come around on Christian at all even in the slightest do i fully hate him the way that i hate susan no or anthony cooper he's below for me he's below susan 
on like my hate meter. And when I say below, I mean, I hate him less than I hate Susan. I hate him less than I hate Locke's parents. And who else do I hate? Locke? No, I'm only talking about background or Mm. flashback. People who have wronged the people. You know what I mean? Son's father. He's just a businessman. He ruined Jen's life. I don't even, I don't even hate him. You know what? Because like, do I like him? No, but it's like, it's so different. It's, it's really just so different. And we can get into that. Like not this episode. A bonus episode where we just talk about how all the parents on this show are fucking terrible. (laughs) It's just like, it's different for some reason. He literally ordered a man get murdered. Yeah. And you're like, "Eh." because his whole, he is a career criminal, like a career criminal. And like a dad who's a little bit shitty. Like it's just not son's dad is an obvious villain. You can't even like put him in the same category of these people who make like nuanced mistakes. You know what I mean? Like you could argue different ways about the reasonings and the outcomes of what these other parents do. Son's dad is just a straight up criminal. That's just (laughs) not like, it's just not even part of this conversation. Fair enough. Look, Christian's a hot old man. And that's the other thing I'll say. Yeah. John Terry is very good looking. Jack tells Michael that Locke lied about what happened as they prepped the cargo container. Son asks what they're doing. And Jack explains that Boone's leg is filling with blood And if they do not stop it, Boone will die. He says the leg is gone. He uses the door to chop a piece of wood in half to demonstrate and then says there's no other choice. And this made me think of Lonesome Dove. Why? Because Gus got the the blood poison. So they took his leg. But he was stubborn about taking the other one. And he died. Okay, I don't remember that. The only thing I remember about Lonesome Dove is the hooker named Lori Darlin. And that's what Grandpa used to call me. And I am traumatized. I'm child of the week for remembering Lonesome Dove. Fine. <laughs> uh, for the listeners out there, our father loves that book and uh, miniseries. Just for context. And for context. I'm normally child of the week because I'm better than Zane. Kate tells Claire it's time to push. And Claire holds her breath. Was she like trying to knock herself out or just like holding your breath? I think it's just like, just avoiding. She just was like, I cannot do this. And that was just her instinct to somehow she thought if I hold my breath, the baby can't come out. It's not a logical choice. It's just like panic, you know? It made me think of the scene in the office where Jim's like, push. And the nurse is like, not yet. And he's like, pull. Kate tells her that she needs to push and Claire freaks out saying the baby is not going to want her because it knows that she was going to give it away. Kate asks if she wants it now, healthy and safe. And Claire says, yes. Kate says, well, it knows that too. She says, you're not alone. This baby is all of ours. And then tells her to push again. Charlie tries to get involved and Jin stops him. And I think I know why I don't like Charlie. Okay. I I came to this conclusion the other day. Charlie kind of seems like one of those like nice guys 
who's like friends with the pretty girl and like feels entitled to some sort of romantic relationship with them. Like the fact that he's constantly trying to get involved with this delivery. And like, I get it. Like he cares about Claire. That's his friend. And like, she's in pain and all that. But like even later after the baby is born, Jin like kind of congratulates Charlie as if he's the father. I think it was more of a, like it went well. Like he's just celebrating with Charlie. I don't really like, like they like have this big embraceful hug. Like, why are you doing that? You, do that to Claire or Kate, who actually did the work. Hey, but they're just, they're right next to each other. They were both watching this whole time. There's all this stress, and then okay. they're just like... Whatever. Agree to disagree about that specific point. Go back to the other point that I was making, that Charlie's yeah, a nice yeah. guy. I was nodding the whole time, absolutely on all of that. Don't don't bring down my man, Jin. That's all I'm saying. I thought... No, no, yeah. I was I was going after, after Charlie. He's yeah, the one were. celebrating as if it's his fucking kid. Okay, yeah, I agree. He does give off, like, I'm a nice guy vibe. Where's my On hug? the island. I don't get it. I don't get it from him pre-island, but on island, yeah. I mean, it's just specifically with Claire is my issue. Yeah, but, like... And I, I, I just I don't get it. it. And it's going to get worse. You, now that I've pointed it out to you and the listener, it's going to get worse. Boone is coughing up blood, but that's not going to stop Jack. He and Michael start carrying Boone to the cargo container and Sun says he cannot save him. And we get a don't tell me what I can't do. I just love the parallels. That's Locke's line. He even delivers it just like Locke. It's a good line. Powerful. What I like about that is I feel like it's giving us a tiny bit of like, oh, Locke and Jack have some similar self-doubt things. And I think that's important because they're very different. And I think they're going to come to blows soon. So I think that that's all interesting. Like giving us that little moment of like showing us how they're similar. Because pretty soon I'm pretty sure they're going to be like button heads. It wants us to think, oh, these two guys couldn't be more different. But they're like very much like cut from the same cloth in a lot of aspects. Oftentimes someone that you have constant tension with or you're always, you know, butting heads with, you're very similar with. Like, who do I fight with the most? Our mother. And I am our mother. Oh, my God. Yeah. Andrew says it constantly. He's like, you're just like your mom. But like anytime me and mom are together, we're like constantly like going at it because we're like the same person. And a lot of the times it's because we see the, the aspects that we don't like about ourselves. And when we see it in other people, we like attack it, which is like, it's not good. Sorry, mom. I owe you a lot of apologies. (laughs) Maybe let's bring this up when we have her on in a couple of episodes, bonus episode, family therapy. So they get Boone ready to go. And Jack tells Michael that he doesn't need to see this. Sun watches on and the Jack and her just stare each other down before she eventually walks away. He looks at Boone while he struggles to breathe and he grabs the door ready to go. But first we get a flashback. Sarah finishes her vowels and now it's Jack's turn. Also her vowels seem kind of basic. I'm just going to say. We only got like the last line of them. Yeah, it was basic. I don't remember it because I watched this episode two days ago, but it was basic. I just have that noted. 
Jack reveals that he couldn't do it. He says he's been trying to for a while, but he could not, and he wondered why. He says he's not good at letting go. Quick cut to Christian just, like, agreeing. I thought Christian's face was more of, like, it was like a slight eye widening, which to me was, like, oh, my God, is he going to take what I said and, like, leave her at the altar? Like, that's what I thought his face was showing. Like, oh, shit, what's he about to do? Am I going to get blamed for this? It's a, it's a very love is blind moment where, where Sarah said I do. And... That was the, my love is blind moment was I was like, I have been watching way too much of this show. Love is blind because when he started out, I was like, oh, he's saying no. Like it wasn't even a question. <laughs> I was just like, oh, he's choosing not to marry her. Like, that, nope, that's not how the real world works. But Jack says he's not good at letting go. Or maybe he's afraid of what will happen if he fails. He tells her that he knows he could have never written something as beautiful as her vows. Then Jack says that she got it wrong the other day with the story of how they met. He didn't fix her. She fixed him. And then he tells her that he loves her. And they kiss. Okay. If my fiancé's future husband and I agree to write vows... And then he fucking stood up there during my ceremony and said, I didn't do it. I would be fuming. That's your first commitment. That is the first commitment that you made to each other as husband and wife. And you didn't fucking do it. And he should have had that conversation with her prior because it all turns out fine. And he says some nice shit. You know what? He didn't vow anything. He did not make a vow. (laughs) There was no vow in there. And I would be mad. And that's why I know Andrew well enough to know we're not writing vows. We're not doing it because neither one of us would come up with shit. And it would be some shit like that. And I'd be pissed. I'm mad. I'm mad for Sarah. I think maybe you're overreacting a little bit. I I just felt like it was a cop-out. Like, I couldn't do it. Uh, you fixed me. I love you. There we go. That's, if that's your first hint at how much effort he's going to put into this marriage, I don't love it. So do you have a theory on why this ultimately didn't work out? The only thing that I could use from this episode to make a guess. Well, you don't have to just use this episode. We know a lot about Jack. I know a lot about Jack, but I don't know a lot about Jack in a relationship. One, he doesn't give up on things, so I don't think that the marriage ending would be his doing as in he wouldn't be the one that files for divorce the only foreshadowing i do get is she says he is like the most committed man ever i bet he has an affair divine affair like full-on like other relationship or like a slip-up jack seems like the type of person that would have an emotional affair but never do anything physical like he would never even kiss her he would just fall in love with somebody else And he would just feel really guilty about it. And like on paper, never even do anything wrong. But like he would pull away from his wife. He would like be distant because this whole time he wasn't even sure about them. And maybe he meets someone that he feels more sure about. Does that make sense? Yeah. I do want to just quickly say. I know this is not what you meant when you said on paper, but like, I feel like an emotional affair on paper is 
still wrong. It absolutely is. But it's like one of those things where if you just wrote it down in like a transcript, like we had lunch together and we we talked, maybe the conversations are like crossing a line, but it's just like, it's more of like a feeling. And when I say on paper, all I really meant is that like, he's in not a legal proceeding. Her. No, I'm saying he's not taking her on dates. He's not holding her hand, kissing her. Like there's nothing physically intimate going on it's just like strictly the relationship is just more than a friendship yeah to quote someone in this series you can't help who you love i understand what you're saying and in the aspect of like he didn't do anything wrong in theory but like he fell for someone else yeah that's what that's what i could see jack doing because i really do think he's like a loyal person i don't think he would like actively cheat on someone so that's my guess uh, but I still think she would be the one that files for divorce, not him. He's like, we're going to make this work. We're going to couples counseling. We're going to figure this out. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it, he would be like, even if it's like his his mistake, that he would still like fight for it because he doesn't quit. And then we talked about it a little bit, but more specifically their relationship. How are you feeling about Jack and Christian after this episode? My guess is they're at a good point in their relationship. Like he obviously wanted his dad to come to the wedding. He had doubts that he would show up. But at this point, it seems like he wants to have a relationship with his dad. That's what makes me think this is like, maybe they're not even working together at this point. Maybe Jack is still like in residency or some shit like that. Like well, we know two years ago he performed surgery. Oh, you can perform surgery as a, well, he wouldn't be. What do I know? All I'm saying is I don't feel like tension the way that we feel tension later. Yes. It, it For timeline's sake, this is way before White Rabbit and all the best cowboys have daddy issues. That's what I was trying to say in a really, really long rambling way. Back to the island. Right before he pulls the door down to cut the leg off, Boone tells Jack to stop. Jack says he has to do this or he will die. Boone says that there's no chance either way. He tells Jack to look at where they are. Jack then tells him he's not going to let him give up. And Boone says, I know you made a promise, but I'm letting you off the hook, which is like almost exactly what Rose said back in Walkabout. So I thought it was interesting, the parallel there. Boone says, let me go, Jack, which is very specific verbiage because of the whole you cannot let go that Christian said. And then Jack does let go of the door. And begins to break down and apologizes to Boone, saying he's sorry. And Boone says, don't be. So this is where the tears kind of start working for me. I know in your notes you put you didn't cry because you're a heartless bastard. Yeah, actually, I only got like choked up, but no tears. But that comes later. Meanwhile, Claire continues to push. And we Kate sees the top of the head. Claire pushes again. And the baby comes out. He starts crying. It's a boy. Side note, the amount of times I wrote the baby's name in my notes and then remembered it's not revealed in this episode. And I had to like go back. I was like, fuck. Kate hands her the baby. There's a lot of crying, including me. And Claire says, I have a son. And then this is when Charlie hugs Jin as if it was his kid. Back at the caves, Jack lowers Boone on his soon to be deathbed. And Boone tells Jack to tell Shannon 
but he cannot get it out. That was very frustrating for me because it's like you're wasting so much energy just restarting your sentence. But I also think like in his brain fog of death, he just did not know what to say. Tell Shannon something he like what do you even say you know so I I think that's why I kept restarting it but I was getting so frustrated I was like stop wasting your words you've already said that you and I reacted to this scene very differently (laughs) oh I mean obviously you were crying like a baby I was like oh sad Boone is dead and Jack closes his eyes what were your thoughts on Boone's final act of telling Jack to let him go I don't really have a lot of thoughts on it. Boone's probably just like, please don't chop my fucking leg off. Like hurt bad enough for him to set it. Like, I think it's interesting that Boone had more clarity in this situation than Jack did, but it's sad. Like you shouldn't have to be like making the call on your own death. I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, Boone was the only person that Jack would have listened to about that. Yeah, absolutely. Like son tried to say it another reason why she's MVP, but like Jack was just so. I'm a little disappointed with the end of this episode that Jack and son didn't get like a moment when it was all said and done just because I feel like she was there for like all of it. And then just kind of like after they stare each other down, just kind of like disappeared. A new castaway is introduced to the beach camp and everyone rushes to meet the baby. And there's a lot of smiles, even from Jack And Hurley spots Saeed and Shannon returning. And Jack goes to tell her. There's a very sad bit of music. Get used to it. We're going to hear this specific piece a lot over the next six seasons. Or I guess five seasons and five episodes left in the season. As Jack approaches, Shannon and Saeed's smiles are wiped away. And as Jack tells them, Shannon kind of takes a step back as if she's just trying to get away from this news. Claire kisses the baby's head and smiles and compare that to Shannon just sobbing over Boone's body. I don't even know. I guess I'm just pointing out the obvious. And I had predicted this and it's not like an intellectual prediction like Boone was obviously going to die. But I thought it was interesting how they're cutting between birth and death. Like, it's like the island maintained balance, you know, took one, gave one. So I thought that was interesting. And that's all I really have to say about it. It's not that deep of a thought, but I did think it was interesting. There were a lot of fan theories that Boone spirit transferred into the baby. I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, people believe different things. Kate checks on Jack on the beach. And Jack comments that the baby is beautiful and healthy. And Kate asks if he wants to talk about it. And Jack is like, talk about what? Yeah, I was like, come on, dude. You need some therapy. <laughs> Kate says like an obvious statement. Uh, Kate, the way Kate said it, said it, said it was as if he like she thinks that he might have forgotten. Like, Boone died, Jack. I think it was more of like, like, I obviously know that that's not what what you're saying, but I think it was more of like, okay, Jack, if you're going to play this like complete avoidant game, then I'm just going to lay it right there on the table. I'm going to say it because we're not going to play this like, I'm fine. What are you even talking about game? 
And he counters that with saying Boone did not die. He was murdered. And he's going to go find John Locke. And the episode ends. I predicted a while back that these two characters would come to blows. And I'm very excited for next week because I'm You think they're going to like fight or do you mean like... I'm saying that these two are like very strong main characters. Right. Like they're like two main characters, but they almost never cross paths. Like they have the two completely different storylines going on. And I just know that at some point they're going to have to. I keep forgetting the fucking word that I want. At some point, I just feel like they're two strong characters and that always is going to result in some sort of, you know, tension or whatever. When you said come to blows, that's typically met in like literal fightings. Yeah, I know. I do. I I don't think that they're going to fight. They're very different. Like Locke is the island is talking to us and everything happens for a reason. And he's like become very spiritual. And Jack is very like logical. There has to be, you know, a explanation. Explanation. There has to be an explanation for everything. And I just think that they're going. I cannot, like, I can't even finish the thought because there's a word that I want to say and I cannot come up with it. It's an interesting rivalry. That was my attempt at guessing the word. (laughs) No, it's not. It's like... All right, let's... I'm sure you remember it the second we stop recording. No, 11 o'clock tonight, I'll be like... And I'll be, like, texting you. Last question. Describe your feelings towards John Locke, Jack Shepard... And anyone else that you want to after everything that just happened. I have nothing negative to say about Jack currently. I think he tried his best. I think he put his all into it, literally gave Boone his blood. And I think this is going to be like a vendetta for him. Locke? Fuck him. I understand that it's not like technically his fault like it is but he didn't want Boone to get hurt it's not murder like Jack is saying but I wonder how willing John is going to be to explaining what happened and how much information is he going to want to give because he could easily clear his name like very easily just explain what happened it was a horrible accident but will he I think not and I think that's going to cause a lot of tension and yelling. What do you think lies ahead for Shannon? Sadness. And I really think that this is where we're going to see if her character actually has growth or if she's going to revert. Like, I think the healthy response to this is like, she's going to have to grieve. She shouldn't just throw herself into this relationship with Saeed. She's already in the relationship. So I'm not saying she needs to like end things. I'm just saying she shouldn't just like immediately go off and like bang him because she's sad. She needs to like a little sad bang. She just needs to deal with this properly. But I'm curious to see what that looks like for her. And who is hottie of the week? When I finished this episode, I thought, ooh, ugh, 
This is a tough one to give Hottie of the Week because it was so heavy. And giving Hottie, Hottie of the Week almost feels like I'm taking away from the episode. Hottie of the Week is gin. And let me tell you why. The obvious answer is that it should be Jack. We got a lot of Jack this episode. He was a he was a hero who didn't like succeed, but he tried. But it's like that's so shallow. That's not what Hottie of the Week is about. Hottie of the Week is Jin because he was swinging that axe and looking hot. Uh, he was like running through the jungle and like he had to talk to his wife. And then when he like comforted Claire and stepped in and was like, Charlie, stop being a, a dumbass. Like those types of things. I just think Jen is like the, it's just like a nice background hotness this week. Cause I just feel like I can't give it to Jack when that's such like a heavy storyline. Just can't, can't be talking about hotness when someone's dying. And I, I did write down an actual sentence for why Jen was hottie of the week. But once again, that got lost. So I'm just pulling out of my ass. It has been quite a while since Saeed won. I'm still not over it, to be honest. It's like, she's, like she's almost a minor. Okay, well, we've only known that for three episodes. It's still been seven since Saeed won. Yeah, but Saeed's kind of been taking a backseat as far as storyline goes. Like, I, I guess it's almost because, like, he's so hot every episode that I actively try to find hotness in other people. Gotta give him a handicap. <laughs> Almost, yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, Jack's been really hot lately. It was hard not to give it to him this week. What are your closing thoughts on the episode? Um, keep in mind, you did have a note in there where you said, how is this not a finale? Oh, oh my gosh. I can't believe I haven't even talked about that. That's a closing thought. This episode felt so much like a finale. A death and a birth. Like, that's a finale and any other show i'm shocked that we still have what like two more two or three more episodes before we even get to the three-part finale two but yeah oh what else could possibly happen like i'm guessing that the raft is gonna be like a big like that's a pretty big deal so i'm assuming that will be involved in the finale but like what else i i just We've been like, well, the hatch. Oh, I forgot about the hatch. Okay. See, I forgot about it because they're just not like doing it. And there's also the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll be a part of it. But yeah, so I was just shocked. It's like a very finale-esque episode, like 75% of the way through the season. All right. Like you said, we have two more episodes left before the finale. We know one of those is going to be a Kate episode, unfortunately. So who is next week? Giving this some thought. Once again, as soon as the episode ended, I backed out of Hulu as fast as I could. I saw nothing. <sighs> next week, I think the plot is going to be like looking for Locke, getting the explanation from Locke, and then also maybe Shannon dealing with it. So my two guesses are Shannon... And Locke. And we just had a Locke one. So my main guess is Shannon. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's like someone random. Tell me the name. What's the name? The Greater Good. That feels Locke. You're going to hate yourself. 
Yeah. It's Saeed. <gasps> My God! I'm excited. I love Saeed. Hopefully this can really redeem him for being with a girl almost half his age. And let me reiterate again. It is not the age gap. It is that she is 20. And they she's too young for you, bro. Not that it helps. But at this point, he's only 36. It does not help. When I was 20 years old, 36-year-old to me would have been like an elderly person. Look, I'm 26, and I still probably wouldn't date a 36-year-old. Like, that's like completely different. No, sorry, I won't get into it. I'm very excited. Very excited. Love Saeed. So if you love Saeed too, join us next week for, what is it called again? (laughs) The Greater Good. Join us next week for the greater good. And until then, you can find us on social media. You can find us on TikTok at laurengetslost.pod, on Instagram at laurengetslostpod, on Twitter at laurengetslost, and you can find us on Facebook by searching Lauren Gets Lost Podcast, probably. Join us in some discussions. DM us. Uh, go donate blood, hashtag blood for Boone. And if you use the hashtag or you can tag us on Instagram or whatever social media you use, I don't know. You can also donate to our podcast in the link in the episode description. And please, 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 wherever you're listening, give us five stars. Leave us a review. We absolutely love reading the reviews. Every time we get one, Zane texts the group chat. And then Kate and I don't respond to him. So it's a really fun time for us. It really shows how much you love it. Like I was at work. I have a job. I read it. I said, ah, and then I went back to doing my job. But no, we, we love it a lot. Maybe I'll actually respond to Zane eventually anyway. And DMs are still open. We got a really nice DM the other day about uh, how they love the show and agree that they were not dead the whole time and agree with Lauren. Oh, those are my favorite. DM us more about how you agree with me. That'd be great. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.